2024 is the year of podcasts, and we want to let you know about a brand new show that is live right now. Join with me to share the good news about the Worthy of Everything podcast. It's just one of the two hosts, Jaja Lasso. Jaja, you've been working on this podcast in the background. Our team has been very excited as we've been preparing for its launch. How does it feel to know that the episodes finally are out there and we're moving forward every single week? It is so exciting and I am just excited to see where God takes it and I have so much hope that it is going to be an incredible blessing to the listeners. Amen, amen. But as I understand it, this is a show tackling the issues of mental health through the lens of the gospel. Can you share just a little bit more about the heart and the intent and who you're really trying to serve through the Worthy of Everything podcast? So I personally was freed from depression and as I've come to understand my freedom from sin and identity in Christ, I start to recognize all these amazing gifts that God has given us. So yeah, just exploring and hearing awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show. Are we starting the podcast now? Or? Oh, we've been on the podcast, my brother. <laughs> Yo, welcome to the Death Alive podcast. I'm Richard Young. And as usual, I'm very excited about this podcast. I don't think I've, I don't think, uh, I've ever been sad about a podcast. Uh, we have a really cool guest that I get to talk to in a few minutes. But before we jump into that, I got somebody else with me. I got my brother-in-law, Elias Groft from the Bible study, Grofted in, what is it called? Grofted in by faith. Grofted in by faith. And, uh, it's a play on words, actually. Tell me about it. Uh, yeah, it's a grofted in by faith, which is a play on words on grafted in by faith. But our last name is Groft, so um, some, some people who are wiser than I recommended that name, and we just ran with it now. Who who recommended it? Uh, Tyler Morris. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's always got his little mitts on everything. <laughs> so yeah, man, tell me about the, the Bible study. What's uh, What's been going on? What's it about? Who would you recommend to join this Bible study, and when is it? It is on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Or maybe it's Daylight Savings. I don't know now. No, I think, it's, it's, I think it's Central. Yeah, yeah, 8 Central. But yeah, it's my wife and I hosting it. Um, and you, you're going to listen to her today. Oh, is she the is she the podcast guest today? Oh, did I give okay, it away? Okay, you gave it away. You oh, talk about the Bible right. study, and then you get to introduce her. All right. Well, the, the Bible study, like I said, has happened on Wednesday night. Uh, we're going through wave one um, at our own pace and in our own direction. So um, what is wave one? Wave one. Wave one is this like little 10 part series about freedom from sin and just really establishing ourselves in what the Bible says about our relationship to sin, our relationship to righteousness and uh, a ton more. But it's exciting. Um, definitely. We're starting up a little community um, and there's open space for anybody who's wanting to join. We're two young parents. We got a little boy. He's about 14 months old. So that's what's kind up. of that perspective at li- of life at this point. That's super cool, man. So how, if I wanted to be a part of your uh, Bible study, what do I do, man? It's simple. T- tell me how simple it is. <laughs> well, all you got to do is text, uh, I think it's hashtag free Bible study or Bible study to 808-204-4372. And then a couple prompts will pop up and you'll be like, what Bible study do you want to be part of? And then you just write back, grafted in by faith. Grafted and you'll in be, by faith. You'll, uh, you'll get a little 
text message once a week. Um, that'll kind of remind you that we're gonna be, we're gonna have our thing. Or you can reach out to me or Gabby on Instagram or Facebook. And we don't do any other social medias because we're kind of old. You're not on MySpace or Zanga or one of those. We can't reach out I, to you on. I do have a MySpace account. It hasn't been updated since 2008, though. So hey, man, that's when I got married. <laughs> I put on MySpace. I announced my engagement to Natalie before I to your sister before I told my relatives. It was and on I, MySpace, and I put it on MySpace. <laughs> that's not good. Okay, so hey, talk to me about today's podcast guest and have you heard have you heard the podcast have i heard of her no have you heard her podcast that she i've not heard it yet i'm i'm super super yeah because we haven't because we haven't recorded it it yeah we're about to record it right now no my your podcast guest guys people you're going to listen to the people the person you're going to listen to today is my wife um just like the pillar of our house man she is a a strong independent woman somebody who man I envy the gifts. I, I'm jealous of the gift that Jesus has given her, but at the same time, they're mine too. So that's pretty mercy. Cool. So are you uh, are you excited to hear what she has to say? Or her story. Have Have you guys talked out her story before, or is this going to be kind of a cool new thing for you to hear when you hear it? We've We've lived life together for a couple of years now. <laughs> uh, so I'm. I some's going to be familiar to me, but I know that like on all these podcasts, man, we you get into the heart of the matter and things come up, things come out. Uh, Spirit speaks. And I'm really excited to hear just some details and just like kind of a, a fluid pass over of the things that I've been able to see too. And I hope I don't get like curb stomped in the middle of this like podcast. Hey, man. Old me can be. That's man, cool part. I don't know if you listen to, to <laughs> my podcast or my wife's podcast, but actually someone was asking me, they're like, bro, like, how were you able to take that? How are you? Because her podcast, she she keeps it real. Keeps it real. And like like you just said, we don't have to defend an old dead guy. That guy's dead. Um, rest in peace, old Richard and old Elias. They were in some things, man. They were they were hurting. Yeah, they were retaining rights that were not theirs. That's true, man. That's true. So yeah, thanks for coming on and talking about your Bible study. And with that, let's uh, strap in, buckle up. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Yo, Richard, are you about to do the podcast? about Jesus was, let's see, like, I thought it was common knowledge to everybody. Hmm. And that's just the way that we lived. Like, um, my, my family was very involved in church school, in church, like, mm-hmm. dad was head deacon, mom was, like, uh, a home and school leader, like, we were involved, involved mm-hmm. in the church community. And so, like... I don't know. My, my childhood was really great growing up. Um, 
and I, I knew Jesus loved me, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know what that, what it was like to not. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like we weren't sheltered by any means, if, if you want to go with yeah. that term, but um, I definitely never, never didn't know mm-hmm. about God. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So you felt like he was there for you in tough times and, and did you, did you, did you talk to him? Like as you're going into high school and college is, uh, is how you're talking to God and how you're relating to God. And, and that, that's maturing. Um, how, how was that maturing? And as you're moving on through life as. So as I mentioned earlier, like we went through a baptismal class as, yeah, talk to me about that. Uh, a class in fifth and sixth grade. And at the end of my fifth grade year, I, you know, they asked the question, do you want to be baptized? And in my mind, it was like, well, my siblings got baptized at this time. And I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and, you know, some of my friends did and some of my friends didn't. Um, but in my mind, that was like, oh, that's the obvious next step. Uh, yeah, I'll be baptized. And it was around my birthday. I think I, uh, we had actually planned it on my birthday because it fell on a Sabbath that year. Mm-hmm. And it was communion Sabbath. And the church called my family and was like, so it's communion Sabbath. Um, you know, is this something you still want to do this Sabbath or you want to move it? And I was like, no, like I want to have it on my birthday. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they're very gracious and like, okay, you know, we'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had a big get together. My family always did like big family birthday parties and um it was around easter and my cousins got a a similar birth date as well so anyways like it was a big deal Mm -hmm. um to have my my family there for my baptism but i don't think i really knew exactly what it meant what did you think it meant well i just thought it was like something you have to do in order to be saved and it was the right time to do it like why not so it was kind of like a public thing that we do when we get to a certain, it's like a, a bat mitzvah, but for, for Christians, we're just like, it's a rite of passage in some ways or? No, it's just what you're supposed to do. The- like, it's just like you, you go into sixth grade after you go, after you finish fifth grade, right? Yeah. Like, that's just what you do. Like you get baptized at that age. That's just what you do. That, that was my mentality. Man, I'm thinking about because I I got baptized in the fifth grade too. I believe that my sister and I and my brother we all got baptized on the same day. I really believe that our hearts were sincere and we loved Jesus mm-hmm. and we wanted to do it because we loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and we took baptismal classes. Mm-hmm. And was your baptismal like mine, where the classes like you know we're Seventh Day Adventists, so Seventh Day Adventist baptismal classes for the most part you go through each of the beliefs. And they teach you about the beliefs. And at this point, this is 1994 or 5, there was 27. Now they've added one, there's 28. Mm-hmm. And so a pastor would go through those beliefs with you. What was yours like? I remember ours, uh, one of our pastors did it. He would come up to the school once a week during the school day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went through a booklet. And, you know, I, to be honest, I don't really remember much from the, from the class. Uh, I remember they talked about tithe <laughs> <laughs> and, um, 
time. I, that's, I guess, what stood out to me the most. But I, I honestly couldn't couldn't tell you exactly what we went through. I know we went through a booklet, um, but it was it was like another class um, in school. Like, yeah. so after being baptized, did things change in your life, or was kind of just like you're saying is just what you do, and so just the next part of your life, or did you did you think about things differently at all? I would say, like, when I've told my story in the past, people would ask me, hey, what's your testimony? And so, you know, like, well, I got baptized in fifth grade, but my real relationship started in high school. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's where I really began to develop a close relationship with God. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, Christian school is awesome. Um, and being in a Christian community is is really great. And I'm a Christian educator, but sometimes I think, like, because I'm around everybody that believes the way that I believe mm-hmm. that to like to stand out for what you believe wasn't really a thing growing up until I went to college and didn't go to an Adventist school. Right. And so like in high school, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out like where you fit in and you know who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I would say some trials started happening in my life around my sophomore year. Hmm. Some things that I, I thought about, um, uh, how do I put this? I thought things were a certain way and realized that they weren't. Hmm. And it, it was kind of like, kind of shook me a little bit. But I was also like the person that hid, hid my feelings, mm-hmm. like a lot. Like, um, I was never really open to anyone except for maybe like a close friend or two about how I felt about certain things mm-hmm. and uh, like not on my parents, you know, and no, no fault to them. It was just me trying to protect myself. Maybe, I don't know, or not being a burden on someone else. Like I had this mentality of like, um, you know, I'm inconveniencing you or I sound silly. So I'm not going to say what I'm actually feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, Anytime I'd start talking about my feelings, I'd just cry um, <laughs> because, I don't know, my mom would always... And that goes back to the kindergarten story of, like, if I was confronted about something bad that I did, mm-hmm. then I would just cry. I, I didn't know what else to do, but to just, like, yeah. well, I'm disappointed you, uh, you know, and I couldn't talk mm-hmm. about it. I didn't want to talk about it because, you know, that doesn't feel very great no, just to it doesn't. cry. <laughs> so I was really good at, like, tucking those things away and kind of hiding them. Um, I remember my senior year, my, my uh, Bible teacher, she had us like create this prayer journal. And I was like, oh, okay, like I can write these things down and talk to God about them. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to share this with everybody else. Cause like praying, I would pray at night when I go to bed, mm-hmm. um, you know, and pray for meals, but like to have a, <laughs> have a, like a prayer life. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't really there until my, junior senior year of high mm-hmm. school um and it, it was all not all because of the prayer journal because that happened my senior year but the prayer journal definitely helped yeah. um just for me to be able to write things out mm-hmm. and you know i guess as you already noticed <laughs> i ramble a lot too and like when i tell stories i tell like some i go into great detail mm-hmm. but sometimes the person listening to me doesn't always want that detail because it you know, they just want to get the, to the point of the story. Like, just tell me the story. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, that's a side note. 
<laughs> I always think my details are incredible, so I leave them all in there. I and think then, so too, but not everyone does. Then Natalie's so like, no one needs to know that so. part. I'm like, oh, but they do. I still think they're incredible. So you're doing this prayer journal and you feel like you could put all the details in there because you can talk to God about it in a different way. So here's way. the thing about the prayer journal is there was also this thought, like if I write everything down, then someone might find it and read it and then know who I truly am. So when I write to God, I know he knows what I'm thinking, but I'm going to be very vague. Wait, so who were you truly then if you didn't want people to find out? So I thought I was truly this... Uh, I guess like a, I don't want to say a not good person, but like the front that I was trying to, this was my mindset back then, like the front that I'm trying to put myself out there as Mm -hmm. was who I really wanted to be. Mm -hmm. But because of all of these things, those, those things that I was thinking about or praying about was evidence that I wasn't who I thought I was trying to be. So trying to be a good person mm-hmm. and do the right things, mm-hmm. take the right steps in life, mm-hmm. be baptized when you're in fifth grade, mm-hmm. you know, don't watch bad things. Don't mm-hmm. wear unmodest clothing. Um, you know, like don't listen to bad music. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do those things because they're labeled as bad. Like mm-hmm. don't curse. Mm-hmm. I was never one to use foul language. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my friends knew that, too. And so when they were around me, they would purposely not talk about those things mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, because they knew that that's not something I was interested in. Right. So, like, my life was to be a good person and to do all these things was what's going to make me good. But because I'm struggling inside with these feelings. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to be exposed to anybody because then that would be evidence that I'm not who I think I am. So the things that you were struggling with, you were angry and you had bitterness for something in your life. And that's what made you feel, and we don't have to talk about the thing, but the feeling, what were you feeling about like, oh, I'm hurt or I'm angry or I'm bitter. What was the thing that was making, like, what was the feeling that made you feel less than? I would say... I never wanted to be a disappointment or an inconvenience to somebody. Hmm. So if ever that came about to be a disappointment or an inconvenience to somebody, that hit me hard. And you believed that you had been. Yeah. And that was sitting very heavy with you. And so Mm -hmm. then you weren't the person that you wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I saw all these expectations for myself or I guess perceived expectations. And if I didn't meet that expectation, then I was failing and I didn't want to be a failure. And like, I never, I never want attention on me. And so like, again, growing up, I was very timid, very like to myself. Um, I I had some good one-on-one friends and I was friends with everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess acquaintances with every, like, you know, I was a friendly person, Mm -hmm. but like a deep close friend, just a few. Hmm. Um, and they were all like in different groups too. Right. So I never like wanted to identify with like one specific group. It was, I've got a, like a good friend in every single group right. that's in the school kind of thing. And, um, you know, like I prided myself in being someone who's trustworthy, being someone, you know, that they could listen to that, that wouldn't just go out and spread rumors about them. Like I 
if they told me something, I kept it to myself because it wasn't my business to tell. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like I, I prided myself in being a good person. So how are you? On the outside, how are you going to figure this out in your mind? Were you just going to continue to do all the right things, and then at some point? that would mean that you weren't a disappointment? Like what was, how are you going to figure out, balance the being a disappointment and doing the right things? Like, what was that? How was I going to balance being a disappointment and doing the right things? Like, like what was the goal? The goal was not to disappoint. Hmm. So I'm going to try my best and continue to problem solve until I have reached that point of, not disappointing. Was was God a part of the people that you didn't want to disappoint, or was it more more like humans? Can you explain that a little, like, a little deeper? From what I'm hearing, like you felt like people were disappointed in you, and that hurt you. And so you, your goal is to not disappoint people and to be an inconvenience at all. Was God also a part of the people that you were not trying to disappoint? Or was your connection with him like just talking to him about how you didn't want to do these things? So I was reading back through some of my old journals Mm -hmm. kind of like to, I don't know, just remind myself of the mindset that I used to live in. Mm -hmm. And it definitely had the tone of like trying to convince God that I'm not a disappointment or Mm -hmm. like trying to convince him that what I want is what I should want. And, like, make all these excuses as to uh, why I want those things or, like, why that thing is a good thing for me. Mm. Um, and, and I can go into more of that uh, a little bit later as we progress through the sure. story with, you know, Elias. But um, there's some there's some weird things. <laughs> that, I just made me think of your son, Gunnison, trying to convince you that he's that he's good. Yeah, no, that's that's crazy. <laughs> it, it's absolutely crazy. And you're just like, son, I'm your mother. Like, there's no way you can co- convince me that you're not. Yeah. It's like, man. So but, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're. I was gonna just gonna like I guess continue the story. Do it. So, um, in high school, uh, give to give the listeners some kind of like, I guess background because not everybody knows. Sure. Me. <laughs> um, I, I've explained a little bit about my personality, but I was also the one to be very involved. Like, I was a social, social person. My mm-hmm. mom would say, you know, here's, that's my social butterfly. Like, mm-hmm. just being involved with everybody, but like never deeply involved. So it's just like a shallow involvement with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was in every extracurricular thing that, the school had to offer except for choir because mm-hmm. you know i didn't believe i could sing mm-hmm. <laughs> or you know it was happening at a time that gymnastics would happen and so i'd rather do gymnastics kind right, of thing right. um so like i said i was like this versatile person kind of in everybody's group but not really in everybody's group so i never was like deeply a part of a core group of friends mm-hmm. um i was always just kind of on the outside listening to that kind of conversation Mm -hmm. because again a lot of those conversations were they weren't bad conversations but you know like high schoolers the things we talk about that wasn't really something i was thinking was a good thing to talk about so Mm -hmm. i never wanted to like be involved in that because if my parents found out that i was gonna 
you know, watch this movie or do this thing. Like, in my mind, it was, yeah, like, oh, that's not who my daughter is. Mm. She wouldn't do that. Or she's really changed. You know, I I never wanted that thought to go through their mind. I always Mm. wanted to be the good the good person right the good the good girl the good daughter the the good student the good insert extracurricular activity right me mm-hmm. so i want to get to the nitty-gritty of this whole thing and i think it's uh in your relationship with elias that a lot of these lies start to become you know a part of your life so you go to college and through either providence or God's sense of humor or timing, you end up back at home um, and you're, you've graduated with a teaching degree and you're teaching at a school there. And you and my brother-in-law um, have become interested in each other. Um, yeah, take me from there. So yeah, now I'm back home, I'm close to him, and that's when we decided to make it official, you know, like we're dating. This yeah. was in June um, of 2015. So we're we're dating now. We've yeah. been talking for like a year now, but we're, yeah. we're officially dating. Um, it's important. It is. It's Facebook important. official. So we go through the next year, and he starts to get into like endurance running and triathlons. And this is starting to take time away from time with me. Uh-huh. Like, we hadn't lived in the same town for very long. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, we're close to each other. We get to spend all this time together. But now he's like doing this training. Mm-hmm. And I, I was kind of reading some of this in my journal last night. And it was really, it was really dark <laughs> um, in the sense of like, I don't know. I, I I should really just read it. This one this one thing to you. Yeah, let me hear. Of like straight lies that I was believing. Mercy. And like I was okay with believing lies. that lie. Oh, it was terrible. Um, let's see where is it at. Take me a second to find it. I'm excited to hear the lies because we know they're lies. No, we know they're lies. And so, like, I was reading through this journal, and this journal started in September or sorry, August of 2015 which is the fall after I graduated high school or after I graduated college. And so like, it's just me pleading to God that number one, Elias is a good idea. Mm -hmm. You want Elias to be a good idea. Yeah. No, I'm trying to convince God that that's a good idea. Oh, okay. Um, But I want, I want this to be God's, you know, like within God's plan. (laughs) Could you pencil it into your plan, please? Yeah. Like, just time after time, I'm just trying to convince him of this, uh, which is really kind of sad. And like a lot of them start out like, I'm discouraged today, or I feel so bad today, or uh, I don't know, just, yeah, stupid stuff. But here we go. Um, <laughs> this was after we had a conversation of, uh, of one of his races that went poorly for him. Okay. And like... I'm a person who kind of reads, reads someone's emotions. Okay. And then like, I'm going to try and make it better. Oh. And I'm going to be the encourager and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. coddler. 
Like, oh, oh, that's so terrible. No, but you did such a good job. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I didn't like all of these factors that I'm not even thinking of. But no, but you finished. And that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know Elias, like he doesn't do something just to finish it. Right, right, right. <laughs> Here's a conversation. I will always take time away from his training because I was. Uh, are you? Are you? This uh, is me talking. Are you and, complaining here? Um, no. This no, is no. You just this read. Is, it. Just this read is it. what I've accepted. Okay. I've accepted the fact that I'm always going to take time away from his training. That I always always will be the reason for his failure. Oh mercy! I know it's terrible, but he has made that choice. He wants it that way. This is something I will just have to accept, knowing it's not my fault. But then again, it is. Like, how terrible is that? And I can laugh about it now because I know it's not true. Oh, you were in your feels. Oh, always in my feelings. Sad girl always vibes. Always in my feelings. And so, like, I, I kind of shared this with him last night. I'm like, look, I just read this. Like, how terrible is this? But this is the way I used to think. And like from his perspective, it was like, yeah, I want to do these things, but I really love Gab. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, like, like that's the opportunity cost, right? Yeah. I'm not going to perform as well, maybe as I want to, because I truly love her and I want to spend time with her. Mm-hmm. But I took it as like, I'm the reason why he's not doing his best. and I'm the reason why he's t- like terribly distraught about his performance in this race mercy but am i gonna tell anyone else that absolutely not am i gonna tell my family that absolutely not but you know what i can i can say it on this podcast and all my family can hear this because i know that that's not me mercy and that that but you were wearing it back then you were owning it wearing it like this is this part of your identity and it was a tough pill to swallow yeah, it was because, again, I've put him uh-huh. on this pedestal uh-huh. of like, not that he can't do any wrong, but like, he's just that awesome. Yeah. So like, I'm going to lower myself in humiliation, quotation marks yeah. there, to be humble. And that's not humility at all. No. That's not, like, that's complete opposite. And, like, that's how our relationship was. So let's jump to, you're able to navigate this, obviously, because I was at your wedding. So you end up getting... We got married. Yeah, like, did you figure a lot of this stuff out, or you just figured this is kind of my role, this is kind of my thing as you're going into marriage? Um, so our marriage... Like, I, I knew it was a good idea. Sure. And it's not that we had a bad marriage. But then again, like, I didn't realize how bad it was until it wasn't. I've heard of that before. Yeah. I've experienced some of that. Yeah. It's like we were sharing with a, a young adult group um, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just being able to open up, like, we were fully immersed into love languages. Like, Mm -hmm. this is how he receives love's best. Mm -hmm. This is what I've got to do. Yeah. So that he knows that I love him. And if I don't do these things, then do I really love him? You know? And so, like, that's not my my natural way of showing love. Mm -hmm. Was, 
you know, I guess his was physical touch and words of affirmation. Mine was acts, acts of, of service. service and quality time. <laughs> yeah. And so Ooh. here I am like trying to remember how he receives love, but then like measuring measuring. So like I said before, in my mind, his role in our group was the butt of the jokes. Oh, okay. So now I'm making these jokes. Teasing him a little bit. In this group. Uh-huh. And he's the butt of the jokes. What do you think that's doing for him and his flesh? That hurts. Yeah. Because words of affirmation, the one who loves him is now throwing him under the bus. But not mm-hmm. to be mean. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, yeah, he knows that I love him. Like, ha, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was tearing him up inside. So then he would remove his act of physical touch. So, like, try to hold hands, remove that away. Uh Like, just not any kind of contact at all. And so I would pick up on that. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I did it again. You know? like. And then you'd feel some type of way about yourself. Yeah, no, I failed. It goes back to the failure. Hmm. And because I didn't want to be a failure, to see that in my mind I thought I was failing mm-hmm. was just terrible. Yeah. Like it, it tore me up, tore my flesh up, my feelings up. So did since he's on this pedestal, are you always seeing him as the he's got it figured out? I'm the one. I need to figure it out. I keep making fun of him, or I did it, or did it? end up switching to well he's got to do some stuff different too like my love language isn't like taking rights what, what was all this? so at first it was we bring this up it's like 10 o'clock at night because that's the time that's the time we don't go to bed angry so <laughs> <laughs> it's like four in the morning all right now we can sleep yeah uh exactly uh, so like the first few times this happened you know, I'd be crying because I talk about feelings. And when I talk about feelings, I just burst into tears and I apologize. Mm-hmm. Because if we're having an issue and it, it seems to be my fault, mm-hmm. if I just say that I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that's going to fix it mm-hmm. and we can move on. Right. But he would take that as like, I don't want you to just say you're sorry. And we talk about the issue. Uh-huh. Well, then, you know, after X amount of times of this happening, mm-hmm. it was like, no, we don't need to have this conversation because we've had a, I've, I've already told you what I need. And mm-hmm. you obviously are not providing that. Man, this is just, what's that line in, uh, it's the line from Leo Tolstoy where he's like, all bad. It's the beginning of Anna Karenina. I'm just thinking like that played on loop in my marriage. Yeah. And it just seems like the root of these problems are taking rights, which are self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. Like love me this way. Mm-hmm. Love me this way. Don't you mm-hmm. see this is the way to love me? Mm-hmm. And you, if you don't see it, you do you? Yeah. No, and the crazy thing was, is like when he would do the things that met my love language, it's because he wanted something later. Hmm. Like he wanted me to return the favor. Yeah. 
It was like, I... The I world teaches the, us that. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. I wanted to... Or I, I inconvenienced my life to show you that I love you. Mm-hmm. So now do the same. Yep. And it's completely messed up. Yep. It like good intentions, but poor execution. Well, the intentions, we would like to think that they're selfless. But if we're wanting something in return, then it's not selfless. No, it's completely transactional. And then on the other side, we're manipulating whenever we're passive aggressive or whenever, like if someone says, I'm sorry, and you're like, hmm, you're manipulating them to be sorrier so you can feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's self-centered again. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's rights. It's self-centeredness. It's, it's what we've seen. I mean, we've all, I hope not we've all, I've experienced this. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so let's get to like, this is uh, how long is this? You know, like you said, you wouldn't say it's bad. But you thought this was kind of what life, like married life yeah, is, right? I just thought it, this is what it is. It's going to be hard, but was it, this was is it, just what we do. And like... So after, as this is marriage, did you look back and you were like, okay, I get what people are saying when they say that the first year or the second year of marriage is hard. Were you like, oh, okay, I kind of understand this now. Um, In a sense, yeah. But... Also, in a sense, no, like we had a great marriage. So when I would hear some stories of couples getting a divorce, they would say sometimes like, oh, well, the problem started on the honeymoon. Mm -hmm. And I think, why on earth did it like, I didn't say this out loud, but in my mind, I'm thinking, why on earth did it start? Like, what was it that started on the honeymoon? Like, Mm -hmm. how can I avoid this? Number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, like, why, why did you let this happen? Mm -hmm. You know, like. I did not understand. I, di- I didn't understand that. And, you know, we would try to handle arguments in a a Christian manner. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely with a selfish motivation. Hmm. So your Christian manner is like, we're not going to cuss at each other or yell at each other. No, and we're going to try and hear each other out. Like, uh-huh. I'm going to sit here and like hurtfully hear what you're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm also the type of person that doesn't really have words to say at first. Mm-hmm. And it takes me a while to process it. Mm-hmm. Well, Elias is the type of person who processes out loud. So here he is like processing this information mm-hmm. of the situation out loud. And I'm just, you know, like laying there crying, thinking to myself, like, how on earth did this escalate so quickly? Like, I was was clueless. Mm -hmm. And then when it was brought to my attention, I apologized and let's move on kind of thing. Like, how am I in the wrong in this situation? Mm -hmm. And, like, the truth of the matter was, like, we were both, I don't know, like, you don't want it to sound bad, but in some ways, I mean, like, it is what it is, right? No, absolutely. I don't know where I was going with that thought. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, like I said, it takes me a while to process information. Sure. And so, like, by the time I, you know, like, we're starting at 10 o'clock, 
by 11 o'clock, 1130, I can finally process the information and then started to just like speak out in frustration of like, here's where I'm coming from. Like this was my perspective. And it was always more times than not, Elias hadn't thought of that perspective. Hmm. And so like realizing that my intentions were for him Mm -hmm. and not against him. But at first look, it appeared as though my intentions were completely against him. So in the fact of like, he he receives love through affirmation. Mm-hmm. So if I threw him under the bus in a large group, then I knew his love language was affirmation. So mm-hmm. I knew it was going to hurt him, like in his mind. That's what he's oh, saying. Like, mercy. I've been like, here. Coming from his wife is going to cut to his heart the hardest. And as his wife, I know that. Yeah. And so it's my intention to cut him down Yep. when it was not that at all. And so just, just learning, like, I don't think we came into this realization until last year mm-hmm. of like, my intention was never against him. It was always for him. Mm-hmm. But same goes to me. Like, Elias's intentions are never against me. They're always for me. Right. But this convert this this argument, this vicious cycle, it's just a continuous cycle of, well, you should know because we've talked about this. Oh man! And yeah, like we're not going to share this with our family. No, because you know, in my mind, that's going to say that I was a failure in choosing my husband. Yeah, you know, and then it gives them in- ammunition in my mind mm-hmm. to then put us down behind our backs. That's heavy. Oh, that's throwing my family under the bus. They wouldn't do that. Right. But that's what we think. But that's what I would think. And so my old self was someone who had to put on a, put on a front to be good. So. But, but strive to be good. It was weird. Yeah. It was a weird battle. Let's get to, um, spring of 2020. What happens in the spring of 2020? Spring of 2020. Elias has got a job one day, and then the next day, what happens? Uh, he doesn't go back to work. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had a baby in January. And cousin, cousin Gun Gun, as cousin we call him around here. Yep. Um, we had a baby in January, and let me tell you what. I never thought motherhood was going to be as hard as it was Hmm. like jumping into motherhood and I can get into that in a little bit later. Um, but like I said, fresh baby January, I'm off for 12 weeks Mm -hmm. and partway into that 12 weeks, like around 11 or 10, nine, 10 weeks, Elias loses his job and due to COVID, um, and that's not the first time he's lost a job in our marriage. Hmm. So the first time he lost his job in our marriage was the winter of, I guess, 2016, 2017, um, right before Christmas, uh, right after we got married. So we got married in September. He lost it in, in December. Um, and to him, like you heard him talk about this, like he's the provider, you know, like yeah, for him not to have a job was like ripping him of the status. 
And um, this happened again. Mm. And it ripped him from his status of provider. I've been without a paycheck for a few weeks. Not that we don't have savings. We just bought a house the previous September. Mm -hmm. So like all these things are lining up for what would look like disaster. Mm -hmm. Disaster in our finances, disaster in our marriage. Um, And now we're both expected to be like good parents. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But the crazy thing about it was, is you called him and you and you and Natalie you called us actually you're like hey um so how 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 you doing um do you know that that your employer's not your provider and of course this was uh i don't know just a conversation i had just lost my job i knew you were going through the same you had just gone through the same thing yeah so in my mind i knew you were encouraging us for being in a similar situation. Yeah. So how did that hit you in that, that conversation of that your job is not your provider? I think that's something I've always believed. Like I've always been like, Oh, you lost your job. All right, cool. Like let's Mm -hmm. keep going on through life. Mm -hmm. You know, like it was never the, the trying times in my life. I wouldn't say were ever devastating. Mm -hmm. It was, it was always like, okay, God, how are you gonna how are you gonna fix this? Mm-hmm. Um, and and just like leaning into him more, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, that that was kind of my process on that. And you know, we didn't know what was going on with COVID. We didn't know what that would mean mm-hmm. for the future. Um, I knew that I was going to go back to work in a couple weeks, doing online school, mm-hmm. and. I wasn't going, so like for me, I wasn't going back to the classroom and I love my job. Mm -hmm. Like I love those kids. Mm -hmm. I love being in the classroom. But then after becoming a mom, you're like, well, I want to spend my time with my son. (laughs) You know, I got to, so anyways, um, you invited us to this Bible study and I listened to the first, first wave, like wave one, uh, intense 10 days late at night for us. I think it started at like eight and went to like 10. Sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, um, I'm exhausted because I have a newborn Yeah, and all of the issues, not to say issues, but just like challenges that come with that, uh-huh. like learning how to feed him, uh, Figuring out that he's intolerant to milk. Mm-hmm. So any dairy product that I eat is going straight to him and mm-hmm. it's messing his little bowels up. And, um, you know, like spending week after week at the lactation consultant mm-hmm. because he's not eating properly. Mm-hmm. And just all of these things, like I'm I'm in pain, right? right? right. Um, so like here I am needing to give my physical self to mm-hmm. my son mm-hmm. for him to survive. Right. And that is tough. Yeah. I also have to give my mental self to him because he needs that love. He needs that care. He needs that coddling. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sleeping at night. So when he, like, before he lost his job, like, he would come home from work and I would hand him the baby and I would like, I got to go to sleep. Right. And I would sleep for a couple hours, of course, I was breastfeeding and Uh he didn't have any milk to feed him. 
when I'm sleeping. And right. so he's just holding this crying baby and I'd wake up and he's like, he's been crying for, you know, two hours. Yeah. What, like, I can't do anything yeah. to fix it. You can. And I'm like, well, I can, but it hurts, yeah. you know? And uh, I was, it was this like mental battle of just, I want to do the right thing as a mom. Yeah. And I want to do what's best for my son. But I felt like I couldn't. Sure. And it was just like so devastating because I felt like I was, again, disappointing those around me. And I don't know why those expectations, you know, I... I Oh, we put them on ourselves. Yeah, we definitely did. Um, You're right. So back to the Bible study. (laughs) Back to the spring. Excuse me. Like I said, I go on tangents. Um, no, that's important, I think, to see what you were thinking as you're going through, you know, this Bible study and you're you're hearing some things. Yeah. So I attended as, as many as I could, and I, most of them. Did you or, want to or was it because Elias was excited about it or were you seeing anything in it? A little of both. Um, he was definitely like in it, Bible open studying the text like he knows his bible he knows his text he knows his stories me i've always lived a life of like you know preachers say well you know don't don't trust what i'm saying look for it yourself in the bible and i'm like well you wouldn't have a position in our church if you didn't know what you were saying so i'm just gonna take you for your word yeah you know and i didn't know how to i guess analyze the truth of what a pastor is saying mm-hmm. and so you know that, that was my take on i'm like okay these these guys are are doing a Bible study and um, (laughs) these guys are doing a Bible study. So I'm going to listen to this Bible study and I'm going to, um, I guess, pay attention, do my due diligence and, um, you know, attend the Bible study. And then there's like this little like thing at the end where you go into these breakout rooms and then they'd ask you questions. I'm like, oh, let's get personal. And if I say something, I'm going to probably regret what I'm going to say because I'm not going to present what I'm actually thinking in words that people are understanding. And so they're going to, you know, I'm not going to have the right answer. Hmm. I never spoke up in school because I never wanted to be looked at for saying something stupid and not having the right answer. And so here I am in this Bible study, just like, just let me listen. Like, don't put me on the spot. Don't put me under pressure. Um, so we finished wave one. And partway through the, <laughs> the wave, I, the thing I remember distinctly about what I thought about the, the meetings was Tyler saying, through their testimony with him and Morgan, like, yeah, I just had to believe harder. Huh. I'm like, what do you mean you just had to believe harder? How do you just believe harder? That doesn't make any sense. And <laughs> we were redoing the landscaping on our home at that time because well, he doesn't have a job and he wants to do something. So yeah. why not fix the, fix the house up? Um, and I'm not in school yet at this time. And we were just like shoveling mulch. And I'm going on this rant about believing harder. I'm like, that's just something you do. And it's not what you do that <laughs> like you can't just believe harder. That sounds silly. Um, so, so yeah. you told me what, a couple of weeks ago that you were angry at me. Is this at the point where you were just like, how is he telling me this or is this later? So you're the type of person, and I know you won't get offended. <laughs> <laughs> you're the type of person that I would actually, um, distance myself from uh-huh. because of, yeah, just like the, the bold comments and sure. like, 
let's go back to the first time we really had a conversation was Thanksgiving at uh, uh, their sister's house. At Lily's house. At Lily's house in Indiana. And you said, so, uh, Gabby, you're just trying to get to know me, right? What kind of music do you listen to? Oh, no. I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want a negative perception of me to be... Not that I listened to bad music at that time. I I would have said... I think I said country music and Christian music. And I did like, I knew a lot of people didn't like country music. And so like, (laughs) silly. I was put on the spot by you in like some of our first interactions. So I tend to do that with most everybody. Here you are again. Yeah. Directly asking me a question of like, how is this landing for you? Or like, Uh what do you guys think? Or what do you think, Gab? Uh-huh. And I, I kind of felt a little attacked. <laughs> sure. Um, but this was me putting like putting this on me. Right. Um, I know you weren't attacking me, mm-hmm. um, but anyways, I I thought what you were saying was that I didn't have a relationship with God, huh. and that I need to have a relationship with God. And the only way to have a relationship with God is to believe what you guys were saying in this Bible study. Hmm. And I'm like, who are you to tell me that I don't have a relationship with God? I've got all of this evidence that me and God have gone through some things and we're tight. Like I know what he sounds like. He's talked to me. And who are you to tell me that I don't? Right. Completely selfish Hmm. in wanting to protect my image. Because what would it mean for those around me to know that the good little girl that they know me to be doesn't actually have a relationship with God? Hmm. You know? Yeah. And, uh, like, I don't know. Again, you know, who, who are you to, to tell me these things? You don't even know me. You live off in Kansas City, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. And here you are trying to tell me, which is not it at all, but like in my mind, that's what was going on. So, you know, we go through life. Um, Elias is studying into this a lot more. I'm just kind of like taking it for face value. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Second time you do this, it's wave one again. And Elias is like, you should listen to it. I was like... I don't want to listen to this again. <laughs> it's just a lot of talking. And like, I liked the sermons um, and the presentations. And, and the ones that really got to me, like the second time I listened to wave one was when they were talking about um, the the Israelites and how... The tabernacle? Yeah, the tabernacle. When were they well, free? The, yeah, with the the water and the... The table and the fire. The tabernacle. (laughs) No, but also like in the wilderness. Oh, okay. So like making that correlation with the tabernacle and like the entering the gates. What did that mean? Right. You know? Right, right, right. Like you don't have to make it all the way to the back. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like God's with me right now. Yeah. Um, And so that, that really... I guess stood out to me in that second wave. And I kind of spoke up a little bit. It was just me, Elias. Like when it's me and Elias, Elias kind of dominates the conversation. 
or the thoughts sure. or like I kind of lean on him of just like please take the pressure off of me like <laughs> just don't let them look at me <laughs> don't let them look at me don't, don't let them make me speak because <laughs> I'm gonna say something I don't want to say <laughs> not that I don't want to say it, but you know anyways we got into that already yeah um so yeah we it, it's all kind of a blur a little bit but I start to see a difference in how Elias treats me hmm I start to see a difference in how he lives his life every day. And it wasn't drastically different, yet it was. Hmm. We we always say it's like, it's subtle, but big. Yeah. Subtle, but big. And so I would go on these walks <laughs> with, <laughs> with my friend. Hold on. I'll be right back. Keep going. <laughs> I'd go on these walks with my friend at the park and I'd try and share these things with her. And uh, I I wouldn't really know exactly how to say it, but I remember just saying, like kind of repeating some of the things that were, were said, you know, and... Uh, you know, it's so interesting that you're saying that some of this starts to start to land when Elias is treating you differently. And last night I was, uh, I went to a church to listen to Dan Moeller and he said, we could fill up the whole world on Sunday morning and the, all, the whole world could go to church on Sunday morning and nothing would change unless they become love. Yeah. Like being in church doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. Being transformed changes everything. Mm-hmm. And like you're hearing the sermons, you're hearing the stuff and it's cool, but then everything changes while nothing changes because Elias is now being selfless. Yeah. Yeah. So like I would, I would explain to my friend and be like, look, I don't fully understand and I want to dig deeper into this. And we just kind of stood there in the parking lot after we stopped walking and was like, but what I do know is that Elias is different. Hmm. He just is. And like, I don't know if this is a phase. I don't think it is, but he's different. And he shared with me some things. I don't know if he shared it on the podcast, but I know he wouldn't mind. Cause it wasn't him. Um, but like we had gotten to the point in our marriage where, like I said, we had these cycled arguments mm-hmm. and he started to not want to come home mm-hmm. after work mm-hmm. because I was so in my feelings mm-hmm. of a hard day and I just wasn't a happy person to be around. Right. And so, yeah, he would just, he would, and those thoughts scared him Hmm. because where do those thoughts lead in the world? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Um, and that scared me hearing him say that because I was clueless. Did he tell you that then? He, he shared with that with me. um, Ooh. Yeah. Before, before we started these Bible studies. That would be scary, yeah. Yeah, it was. And I never, like, never thought that would happen to me. Right. 
did it make you did it make you just ultimately just like feel less than some more oh absolutely like i put myself down even lower i i would rack my brain like what can i do differently like he just doesn't understand if you'd only live a life or a day in my life like there's a lot of demand from me and i know he mentioned it but like i was a different person in the summertime Mm -hmm. because i wasn't teaching Mm mm-hmm and I mean, that's completely true. I was completely like more kind of just outgoing and bubbly and like, yeah, sure. Let's go do that. And then like during the school year, I'm like, I'm so tired. I don't even want to move when I get into the door. I'm just going to lay here on the couch. I I don't want to have any conversations, mm-hmm. but I feel expected to, I don't know, be physically fit <laughs> right? And in several different like, I guess, areas of expectation. There's a lot of pressure, right? There was a lot of pressure. Um, so that's starting to change. That pressure is starting to be lifted because of the freedom that he is experiencing. And I didn't quite get it. Hmm. So the next time around, like, yeah, like, let's let's do this again. I wonder if they'll do wave two. And you never did wave two. Y'all I think we talked about again. it. I think there was one week. No, we did a week because that's when Natalie and I gave our testimony. Oh, yeah? Did you not show up to wave two? <laughs> was that wave two then? Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like the same stuff. <laughs> Maybe it was. It was a lot of I the gospel. I remember like, next time we're going to do wave two and then you get back on, you know, it's time to start the, the series. And you're like, yeah, so we're actually not going to do that. We're going to go through wave one again. I'm like. I think we did right. wave 1.5 well, where it was more testimony. Was. Like yeah, Joyce was, gave her testimony. There was a lot of testimonies. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that was the second or third time you guys did this, but I attended every single one. Uh, we know it. And uh, there was one point where it started to click for me. And I don't, I like, this is maybe the third time I've, I've heard the message of freedom and my identity in Christ and who it is and what it means to be a child of God. Mm-hmm. And... I'm finally like, yeah, allowing those chains to be broken mm-hmm. and those walls to be knocked down. And like, I get really excited. And Elias and I are just like laying in bed one night. What, 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 what was it? I don't exactly remember what the message was, but I remember what I was excited about. And I'll share that with you. Okay. It was the Holy Spirit telling me that I am good. Hmm. And I am good because he is good and he lives in me. So how dare I say that I'm not good? Because hmm. to say that I'm not good is to say that he's not good. Right. But he lives in me. So like the the pressure of being good is now lifted and I can just be me. Mercy. And I can just be love. And And my love tank, guess what? My love tank's never empty. I don't depend on Elias to fill my love tank anymore. Hmm. It's not his responsibility, and it was never his responsibility in the first place. Right. Because it's God. And you know what? My cup overflows. Like, God pours his love into my heart. Yeah. And it's from a well that never runs dry. And I no longer have to look at Elias as someone to fulfill my needs. Because that's not what he's there for. Elias is not there to fulfill my needs. Elias is there is not there to please me. Right. He's not there to 
be the one for me. <laughs> you know, like you're my soulmate. You're my puzzle piece. You're the one. You no. complete me. Oh, crazy. Like the, the media industry and like chick flicks. I, I, I received some good advice from, from someone a while back um, before we even started dating. And she said, when I started dating, I had to stop watching chick flicks because they were putting a false expectation in my mind of what love was supposed to look like. Right. And I was like, huh, you know, that makes sense. So I started to kind of remove myself from watching those kinds of things. Mm. And then, you know, like that was just uh, th- to think that someone is the missing piece for you mm-hmm. is to put an expectation on someone that was never meant to be theirs. Wow. It's to put a responsibility on them that they're never going to be able to fulfill. Because Christ is the fulfillment of your needs. Hmm. And now, now I get to live in love with Elias. Hmm. I don't have to be the love Elias needs. Right. But in the same way, like, because Christ is in me, I do get to be a part of that. You get to love him. Yeah. Like, I don't have to live my life thinking that I have to do things to show that I love Elias or to show Elias that I love him. Right. Like, I no longer live with that burden, if you will. Yeah. It's now like, yeah, I, I, I'm love. And so when I have a hard day at school, mm-hmm. in the past, I'd come home and just be so caught up in my feelings. And now I come home and like, <laughs> I'm just light. Yeah. I'm not this heavy person anymore. And like, I don't know. I talked to Elias one day and I was like, hey, Elias, guess what happened at school today? And I shared with him like this, this tough day. Mm-hmm. And I said, and guess what? I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> like I'm not drained. Like let's do something fun tonight. Right. You know, let's be together mm-hmm. instead of like sitting this sulky, pitiful, poor me yeah. self. Oh, please cater to my tough job needs. Rub my feet. You know, I've had a hard day and like my son now gets to experience the lightness of a, a mom who is filled with God's love and no longer taking out my, uh, quote unquote entitled self to be short or to be distant with him because I just don't have it in me today. So this, this is starting to click by the third time. <laughs> and it takes it, a while for me to process, remember? <laughs> and it was just the fact that, okay, tell me, like, keep going. Like, what was it? It was the fact of what? It was just, you were loved. No, I, I'm good. That you were good. That's right. I'm good. And, and like, he gave you the good heart. He gave me a good heart. So did were you I, still no thinking longer... you were a sinner and the uh, and your value was like disappointing people and like 
I knew I was no longer a disappointment to God. Wow. Yeah. Like. When you released it, did you realize how heavy it was and you never knew how heavy it had been before that? Yeah. That's that's like what I said. Like, I didn't know how bad it was until it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And you look back on and you're like, whoa, that was really heavy. Like, I was living a heavy life of just putting on this, this guilt, this humiliation, this like sense of not measuring up and being a failure Mm -hmm. in order to somehow then be a good Christian. Like in my mind, those things that I just said Mm -hmm. was what made a good Christian, a good Christian. Hmm. And that's not it at all. Like (laughs) you're in Christ. You're a Christian. You are good. Yeah. And, and you no longer have to live from these, these lies of, I don't know, self-preservation, self-image. Appearances. Appearances. Yeah. So I don't know if there's anything as we move forward, it feels like this stuff just started cementing and your life was changing. Is there anything you want to say like about how it changed on your, like, you were mentioning you come home after a hard day. Um, yeah, what was marriage like after that? Like, Elias, it seemed like he grabbed onto it. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, you're getting it, you're getting it. And one mm-hmm. day you're just like, oh, I have a good heart because he gave me a good heart. Mm-hmm. What happened after that, like, in your marriage? Hmm. I mean... Our arguments that come up are like, oh, we had one the other day. And it was, we, we now get to speak truth over each other's life hmm. instead of, for me, blame myself hmm. for not measuring up. I can say, no, like, I can't even come up with an example right now. Um, I know my intentions are good for Elias. Hmm. And I know Elias has my best intention. So I can say things like I, I perceived like I was believing that, you know, you were, you were tired and In the past, when he was tired, I would put on him this identity of like, or I don't know, like it was my job to make him happy, like I said, mm-hmm. but it's no longer my job to make him happy. It's it's my job that if I see him living in a lie to expose that lie, like we get to be the light that reveals truth. Wow. And so That's yeah. awesome. So the the same arguments they're they're not there. And they're like when arguments do come up it's no longer me defending my side of the story but like okay, let's let's look at what happened. 
where is where's the lie in this this situation yeah. yeah okay let's call it out for what it is what's the truth of the situation we're good yeah you're not defending yourself anymore and then after the the conversation's over like <laughs> i'm not i'm not replaying the conversation in my mind to like, see okay, if you want i've got this list i've got to do this this and this this time like i'm gonna try really really hard to not do what i just did no that's not it Wow. We just go off and start living life again. So let's say, I got two more questions. Let's say okay. one of your buddies who's in a marriage that was similar to yours, or maybe maybe a little worse, maybe it was similar to mine, and they're asking you questions, or they're, they're, maybe they're not, okay, they want what you have. They're like, man, you guys don't seem to fight like we do. What What would you say to them? Just if you had like, something real quick what would you say uh, let's see where would you start how about that what are you i guess because of this argument you're having with your husband what are you believing about yourself mm-hmm and then from there, maybe ask, like, is that true about you? And depending on how they answer. And depending on how they it answer. It would open up for the gospel. Yeah. Because if they believe it's true, mm-hmm. you'd be like, no. Because an argument is not what the other person did. That is the heart of issue. It's what the other person believes or what you believe about the other person. That's the issue. That's crazy. So, again, back to my arguments with Elias. It's no longer about what he did. It's about, okay, what are you believing about yourself in this situation? What what am I believing about you oh you're fully loved yeah that's truth you are fully loved like it's the motivation behind it is it selfish Mm -hmm. or is it in love if it's selfish it's a lie Hmm. and it's 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 no mark against you oh shame on you for being selfish no there's no shame yeah the shame is gone the guilt is gone you don't have to be selfish anymore you're good. Uh, no. You can you're covered so you don't have to protect yourself. Yeah. You don't have to prove to anybody that you're good because you're good and it's not because of anything you did. It's you did nothing. And that's the awesome thing about it. It's because oh, I can never do that. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. Accept it. Know that that's how God created you. Like that's that's the thing of like another thing that that really stood out to me of like God never created me to be apart from him. Hmm. So in me believing a lie is believing that I can be separated from him. But the Bible says that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. So I now get to live 
as God created me to be. Wow. Okay, so here's my my last question. How do you know this isn't just a weird phase where you got on a bunch of Bible studies and you kind of ran with what they were talking about and that it's going to it's it's going to fade away and you're going to be back to the old old Gabby and old Elias. How do you know it's not a phase? Because I know the spirit and Yes, I attended Bible studies. And yes, it was people in human flesh speaking to me via computer. <laughs> but it was the Holy Spirit speaking through them. Wow. To my heart. And I don't have to have any involvement with these Bible studies to come to this realization because it's the Holy Spirit who teaches. Hmm. And so I can now open my Bible and love to read it. Cause in the past I'd always get lost. I'm like, I don't know. Like I didn't go to Bible school. I don't know. That's just you know, yeah, kind yeah. of a lie, but like I didn't study the, the scripture scriptures like I should have in my personal life. But now I can open up the Bible yeah. and like learn from the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me. Like just being able to, uh, I read through first John the other day. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Some good stuff. Like I, and it was so cool because I was reading and I couldn't stop reading. Like before I just struggled to get through a chapter and remember things because, you know, like past thing, I've always struggled with reading comprehension. Uh-huh. So like. It takes a lot of focus yeah. to understand what I'm reading. And I've had to work really hard on this. Right. But now I can look in the Bible and it's so clear what the Bible is actually saying. And I don't have to go to Elias to explain it to me. I don't have to go to these Bible studies for them to explain it to because the Holy Spirit is the teacher and he lives in me and he can tell me what the Bible says and what it means. And that's how I know that it's not just some face. Like my life is completely transformed. And time and time again, I'm seeing evidence of that. I'm just like, I'm surprised by it sometimes. I'm like, man, that just happened. And like, I'm not acting the way I would, I would act. You're not, I'm not trying to not act that way. You're and just I'm not different. trying to not act that way. I'm just, I'm not. Hmm. And it's, that's what's so amazing about transformation it's not about behaving well together as a church, as a, as a pastor said recently. It's not about behaving well. That really stood out to me because my old life was all about behavior. Was all about behavior. Yeah. And that's no longer my life. So let's circle back down to your, your shoveling the mulch and you're, and you're making fun of Tyler talking about yeah. believing. Yeah. What what is your is is belief have something to do with all it has this? Has everything thing? to do with it? Like by by believing mm-hmm. like truly believing 
Like not just saying you believe. Yeah. Just to, because that's the thing to do, you know? Yeah. But by believing it in your heart, you're then able to receive in your heart Uh the truth about who you are and who God's created you to be. And then you get to live it out. Like your life has changed. You walk it out in a, in a way that surprises you that that's what you're doing. Mm. Kind of like a, you have an out of body experience of like, is this what I'm actually doing? And this is what I'm actually feeling in a situation like this, because that's not what I would do, but it is because you've received the Holy spirit in your life. And yeah, it's got everything to do with believing. Wow. You know, we've had Morgan and Tyler on here. We've had Joyce and Will on here. We've had, um, you know, Natalie and myself separate. We'll get together one of these days. We've had your testimony here and you're talking about marriage. And you guys didn't all get in a room and say, yo, this, these are the talking points. And this is, go- this is what we're going to say about our marriage that's different now. And this is what we're going to say that's changed. Um, but I'm hearing the same thing over and over again. Um, and I believe it and it's, and it's awesome. And it's because it's the same spirit. Let's just say it's the same because it's the same spirit. That's incredible. Well, Hey, love you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. You, we were joking like, Oh, mine's going to be 20 minutes long or whatever. You know, I don't plan these things to always be like an hour and 45 minutes. I really don't. It seems like that's the uh, the time it takes if we're we're going quickly uh-huh. uh, to get the these stories out. Yeah. Um, because there's so much. There's some death, but then the life is so exciting. And to just hear how excited you are about the gospel. Um, yeah, we used to not think, we used to think it was the gospel. Oh, yeah, we know he died for us. Yeah, everyone knows that, right? Yeah, it's everybody knows that. You guys don't know that? Why are you guys tripping about that? Why do you have a whole ministry focused on talking about that? We learned that back in fifth grade before we were baptized. Mm-hmm. But just to hear your voice, to hear your, your excitement, um, I'm just excited. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have to see how God continues to move. And I'm just excited to see, like, it's just going to be more. Right? Yeah, no, God's doing great things with this podcast. And just you opening up this avenue for transform lives to be heard by others. Because the things that the people have gone through on this podcast is not anything that is new to the rest of the world. Hmm. It's all stuff that they can relate to and see a life transformed by the Spirit. Yeah. And that's attractive. Yeah. Because the same God that yeah. is living in me is the same God that created the people listening, and He has that same love for them. Hey, hey put your hands down. Hey, we ain't coming questions, yeah, we bend down. Creed, I am Adonis, watch the hands now. We're from thinking broke to living rich now. Hey, busting with the twos, you watch me slide now. Hey, she look kind of bougie, and she bad now. Hey, mama think I made it easy, proud now. Hey, hey.
shot, KOD, only talk, holy things. I'm a prince, that's Rakeem, you are king. 23, check the rings, FOG on my feet, on my soul. Jesus Christ, set me free, son. Only motivation on me now is heavenly. Lot of people trying to drain me of this energy. I talked to God, told me people's not my enemies. I'm cutting ties with the spirits trying to play with me. Finna go shoot. Can't stop till we make it to the moon. It's too late, can't stop it, it's a boom. No, I cannot wait till you approve. I got people with me on the other side. Spirit on me too bright, I see they tryna ride. Coming out for the night, yeah, it's that come alive. Coming out for the fight, yeah, we stay alive. We stay alive, ayy.